podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Am I the actual thing? That's really a question you have to answer with yourself. Mm. Are you the actual thing? I never feel like I am. I feel like a chicken tonight. (laughs) Is that our first ad? (laughs) (laughs) Seems like it's out of date. What was that for? Shake and bake? No. Yes. Tonight. Yeah, it seems like it is. Oh, man. Remember the stovetop commercials where they'd be like, Welcome to the Stovetop Podcast. Mom's, mom's making some stovetop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get some stovetop. <laughs> sure. like, I'd like have to figure out a reason to go to your home for dinner because your mother was making stovetop and my mother didn't love me. I, that's a very dark turn on the I feel like chicken tonight. <laughs> well, I feel like that was, the under, that was the subtext of all of those commercials. Oh, wow. Are you reading about the history of chicken tonight? <laughs> this, this is Doughboys, right? just Wikipedia. <laughs> We're starting a secondary tonight. Doughboys cut. Guys, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. Hi. This is how we'll roll into it. So people will be like, they don't even talk about Star Trek on this <laughs> We show. are going to be talking a disproportionate amount about food. There's no yeah, question uh, that. You can't control that. Sure. Uh, you know, I, Andy's trapped in the body of a skinny person, and uh, I'm trapped in my normal fat body. Yeah. Recently, um, we were eating together, and uh, and I said, let's just eat healthy, as usually our <laughs> afternoons begin together. And uh, I did not, I'm not going to the store you're thinking about. I'm going to a different store. We went to get pancakes. I got, I think, chocolate chips and banana <laughs> in the pancakes. I was like, oh, I'll just get pancakes. Then I'll, all right, I'll, I'll just get that. Can I get that with bananas and chocolate chips? Uh-huh. Oh, you're great. I'm going to get a peanut butter and banana shake also. And then the waitress walked away, and I said, I, I have a problem. <laughs> you do. But and somehow... then Matt looked at me and he said, and I am not the solution to that problem. Because <laughs> he always encourages me to go in that direction. That is 100% true. <laughs> I am that clever. And uh, I am not, you know, if you want to diet, it's maybe not a great idea to go to a restaurant with me. You gave me a little bait and switch because we have only become friends in the last several months. Yeah. And when uh, I when we started to become friends, uh-huh. you were you were on a hardcore, which, which, which I am now. Was? The whole thirty, whole thirty. I'm back on right. it. I'm back okay. on the whole thirty, right. everybody. So it's like no sugar, no uh, wheat, no grains of any sorts. I can have some potato and some meat and some vegetables, but that's pretty much it. No, no artificial sweeteners, no nitrates, nothing. And you would like to think it would have some impact on how I eat. Oh, but it does not. It does, and all it does is make me feel guilty when I eat cheese puffs for two people in front of Matt. <laughs> he did. Oh, what a time. Uh, so, everybody, this is Star Trek The Next Conversation. Uh, what it is, is it's a podcast about Star Trek, primarily Star Trek The Next Generation, right? To start with, at least. Yeah. I mean, who knows? There's so many hours of Star Trek, we could never stop doing this. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we'll see We'll see if we're still friends by the end of the run of Star what? Trek The Next Generation. I feel like they need some background on us. Uh, first of all, if you are familiar with uh, my uh, podcasting at all, you're probably aware that I enjoy Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I have since uh, birth, I would say. 
that seems like an exaggeration. But, no, um, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's an exaggeration. I think I came out of. You know how you come out of the womb, and and sure. if your mother's a crack addict, you're 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 aching for some crack. I feel like my mother watched Star Trek while I was pregnant, and then oh, I came out and I was like, I engage. Well, you didn't say that. Then, but. <laughs> I was I was born. I was born pre Picard. Uh, PP. Uh, the PP era. <laughs> PPE. Terrible uh, acronym. Uh, is it? Well, all right. I I'll, mean, I'll go along with is it. Is it any worse than BCE before the common era? No. I, I also know. just read BB uh, eight or AB. AB after which is before beard and after beard for Riker. Oh well, that's <laughs> a, fascinating. That is a, fa- that is a fact. Yeah. Um, so Andy and I we met on the Goldbergs. I started over there in August and got flung into a room of a show I thought would be pretty nerdy. And uh, turns probably, out Andy answered the call of my hopes and desires. Oh, without question. <laughs> it was, it definitely, you know you're in a nerdy room when you want to beat yourself up at a certain <laughs> point. <laughs> when it's just like you're engaged in a conversation, the showrunner's jumping in. Yeah, yeah. I'm There's talking a- to Myra, and then at a certain point you just see every... Uh, handsome jock and lady yeah. in the room looking at you. Like. Yeah, it might have been, I don't know, maybe my second or third week when we went to the board and started to figure out what a robot was, what an android was, what a... What was the last category? Remember that? Android, yeah, sure. robot... A- AI? No. AI, artificial intelligence? Yeah. It, was it, was, it stemmed from the episode you were writing about Kit. Right. <laughs> what Kit was. <laughs> what Kit was, which we established, uh, Kit's a robot. Is he a robot? Oh, machine. Was it machine robot? Anyway, isn't he an android? You can check well, our look, Twitter. This is just it's in our Twitter check it feed. Out. And I don't. Frankly, I don't know that the list uh, for for the hardcore. I stand by that list. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, w- I would dispute some things. <laughs> so it came out. Andy's big big on Star Wars, um, which I argue is uh, not nerdy anymore. Oh, that, oh, because it's populist. That's what you were getting That's what at. I'm saying. I I'm see. saying that it is no longer nerdy to like Star Wars, whereas right. with Star Trek, it is still extraordinarily nerdy to it, like Star Trek. I agree with that, but in fairness, Star Wars was pretty populist, right? To, right to, it was, From the get-go, it was, yeah. It was it America's was huge, sci-fi. It was a huge hit uh, out of the gate. Right. And, I mean, Star Wars, in many ways, is responsible for us getting Star Trek back on television 100 percent um it wasn't you know as, definitely the film yeah it wasn't as blatant a ripoff as like battlestar galactica but uh certainly certainly had its momentum and i actually think looking at battlestar galactica i don't know if we want to jump into this but that was part of the reason that like old trek which i loved yeah the original series was uh was a little bit in my mind, more badass. Whereas when when Next Generation uh-huh. um, premiered, I was like, mm, right. I was already defensive because uh-huh. I loved Old Trek so much, and it just felt a little more corporate and antiseptic to me. Right? The new, the Next Generation, Next Generation, uh, and so going to the to Battlestar Galactica, that's the ultimate extreme of dark kind of. You I know, mean, it's no like space show. It, the Enterprise D is like Love Boat. Uh huh. It's like a cruise ship, you know. Right. It's uh, got carpeting everywhere. There's plants that don't need to be there, particularly in this early Star Trek. Um, 
But hang on, I, should, I feel like we should explain before, the premise of before the show. we digress to that. Yeah. I should say before we digress to the thing we need <laughs> to, to be on thing, topic before about. before we get off track <laughs> and actually chicken tonight. <laughs> Um, which, by the way, <laughs> to digress even further, Chicken Tonight is a brand of sauce oh. intended to be a- so it was not stovetop. Oh. So, so that mystery you don't have to tweet to us oh, about. Oh, thank God. Which, by the way, is at Star Trek TNC. Yeah, at Star Trek we, TNC. We, we, have a, we have a Twitter handle. Um, you can tweet at us separately. You can, you know, individually, if like Andy says something very stupid, you could tweet directly at him. That will be the primary <laughs> Purpose of that. Is there Twitter. handle Andrew Secunda? <laughs> at Andrew Secunda? There's at Secunda. Oh, you're so, at Secunda. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. That's a solid lockdown. I know. I got it. I did not get How does your sister feel about that? I don't she I don't know that she knows there is an internet. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think she cares. Uh, that's fair point. Fair point. Uh, I'm also at Andrew Secunda. Some person in Russia has at Secunda in Instagram, which is oh, so irritating on Instagram to you're at Andrew Secunda. Yeah, on on Twitter you're at Secunda. That one I got. I don't know. Okay, how. I'm at Matt Myra everywhere. Right. It's a nice compact name. So yeah. You can do Eight that. letters. Bing, bang, boom. In and out. So the second point I was going to make is oh. it gone from my head already? We, oh, oh, I remember oh. in college. Wow, how'd you do that? I was on a sketch show uh-huh. and. Uh, and uh, and uh, and Kevin O'Hara, uh-huh. uh, shout out to Kevin O'Hara, wrote a sketch. I, I hope it's Kevin O'Hara wrote a sketch called "Love Boat: The Next Generation," which oh. was delightful. Let's see if we can dig that sketch up. All right, was it hand typed? It was. That's yeah, that's, that's the, the problem. point in time. That's the yeah, no, it's that lost. To we're time. never going to lost to the sands of time. It's down <laughs> in the city of Tanis at this point to <laughs> drop another nerd. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what came out in our many lunch discussions and and room discussions at work is that Andrew has not seen all of Star Trek The Next Generation. I haven't. And I was like, that's crazy. Why have you not seen it? It was, uh, I don't know. It just didn't grab me. And I know that that first season is renowned to have not been the strongest. It's a hike. Yeah, you like Lord of the Rings. Which is all about. Well, hiking. this is another huge like <laughs> shock that I had. Is every once in a while I would drop some, some Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. I don't or, get it. <laughs> or even Game of Thrones. That's the most shocking thing. I have what a feeling at some point I'm going to force him to watch all Game the of Thrones. Stones. I can hit the touchstones of Game of Thrones. It's not just for comedy references, but Myra. It, it works. So I might. I am very good at comedy references because I have all the touchstones of of everything. What I've about never seen, your enjoyment? I've never seen all of these things. I've never seen the walking dead yet i can reference the fuck out of it but uh, you know walking dead i've only watched the first season so yeah, that's I, all right you know you're but, fine uh, you didn't miss much but interestingly i defend against spoilers <laughs> against walking dead even though i don't really have that much interest in watching sure. more <laughs> you're not really on board with the other eight seasons <laughs> but nobody tell me <laughs> don't tell I don't want these Andrew. shows that i may not ever watch ruined for um <laughs> So, yeah, so we decided what better way to make uh, Andrew watch Star Trek The Next Generation than to do a podcast about it. Indeed. And that's, that's where we are today. We are on, uh, we're on board the USS Secunda. Uh, 
with the view screen uh, locked on to a paused <laughs> moment right. of Star Trek. <laughs> I was I was uh, excited for a moment that you were going to call the podcast the USS <laughs> but that's how it would always be referred to when we're together. But it's because we're in my house and I have an obscenely large TV in front of us. You do. You might as well not have walls. No. You'd just be held up by a television. 70 inches. Uh, because... Uh, my wife, who I got separated from this uh-huh. year, uh, stopped me from getting an 80-inch TV, which I think was probably a decent. <laughs> no, human I thing disagree. For, I'm well, sad. I don't know that I. I actually to you for, would like sense on that topic. Dory and I have been discussing. I want to get a new television, and I'd like to get at least 75 inches. 75. We'd I have to get. We have to get a. It's that extra five is just to throw it in my face. New, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It needs to be slightly bigger <laughs> sure. than your television. I got uh, Matt took me for for bike uh, shopping recently because I haven't been on a bike since That's true. I was possibly a teenager, and uh, and he's and we kept I kept jacking. I'm saying, well, how about that one? What about that that super cool Matt Black one? And as soon as I bought it, Matt was kind of grumbling. I was like, like, oh man, now Andy's got a better bike than me. <laughs> It sounds like we spend all our time together, and it's because we do. (laughs) It was a weird creep. Well, it's the only you're the only person that understands the schedule I have because you have the exact same schedule I do. That's right. I don't blame you for it. You know, and then on weekends, it's like, well, I wonder what Andy's doing. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) We also live like seven minutes away. We do. We live off of the same street in Los Angeles. Yeah, Yeah. it's uh, It's eight minutes on a bike. Yep. I know that because I, I rode my bicycle. Over. I don't know that. I've never rode over there. I rode my bicycle to there. my friend Andy's house. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That really puts it in perspective. Oh, what a... We're just regressing. <laughs> uh, so, Star Trek, I liked so much as a child. Uh, I thought yeah. we should do a podcast about it. Reasonable. No, so Andy was like, uh, let's go through every episode and, and sort of go on that journey uh, with each other. And I said... Yeah, I'd be happy to rewatch Star Trek. And because of the schedule I keep now at the Goldbergs, I'm not able to go do a Nerdist podcast every, you know, it's just, I just can never get over there because they happen during the day. They happen at like six o'clock at night and I'm always on the Sony lot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me get my podcast uh, bug f- scratched, the itch scratched sure. and do a podcast. And the beauty of this is uh, we have the same schedule, so we can usually find a time to record. Yeah. So congratulations, America. <laughs> you get to have Star Trek the next conversation. You did it, guys. <laughs> you really did it. This is your winning lottery ticket. So we're going to go through every episode one by one. Each uh, episode of the podcast will deal with one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. We're going to go in order, mm-hmm. which means that tonight we're talking about Encounter at Farpoint. Parts one and two. He pilot. Even though, I mean, it's called parts one and two. It is one. It is one episode. Yes. So, Andy, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask you what, what overall thoughts on the episode? Um, definitely s- slow. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> Um, and it is, it's always interesting when you go back to this point in time in television to evaluate, does, is this legitimately slow or is this the pace of television at the time? Oh, great question. Um, I have to say that it's probably a little bit of both. I think that's true. I I think think there was, it's very, in some ways it's, 
it's uh, pleasant to me because it plays to the part of me that kind of wants to stop everything and go, let's take a look around at the engine room. Yeah. Let's, all the sci-fi stuff that like, you know, in, in most sci-fi is you're, you're rushing forward in the, in the action plot and the danger. So I kind of like that. Yeah. But it's really, it's re- that, that Riker docking with the... Uh, oh my God. <laughs> with, with the saucer. We'll get into saucer okay, separation shortly. Yeah, I don't want to rush ahead. Uh, so this is the first time we see this brand new Enterprise. It's a galaxy class starship. It's mm-hmm. the flagship of the fleet. It's the USS Enterprise NCC-1701 Delta. Is that, so it is, it's the pinnacle at this point that the the episode starts. Yes, it is it is the uh height of Starfleet engineering. It's the height of uh captain. It's it's the best crew, it's the best ship, it's uh-huh. the most advanced ship in the fleet and it is ready to explore the galaxy. Continuing with the mission that Kirk started uh you know, 80 years before to seek out new life and new civilizations. The right. primary directive of the Enterprise is to make first contact with species. Right. And this is continuing. That. And to explore the unknown reaches of the galaxy. Right. So, what do you think of the ship? Um, I remember not liking it. Okay, that's wrong. I remember not... Uh, the, the sleekness was weird to me. Too sleek? I think in general... My my problem with the series originally uh, was that it felt uh, commercially to me, whereas the original felt like it was organic and had texture. And I don't know that I put it in these terms when I watched it originally, yeah. but looking back on it, I think that was the thing. Now I appreciate the design and the progression from the first Enterprise to the second Enterprise. Do you mean from Enterprise the, sorry, to from the Enterprise A? The, to the fourth Enterprise, right? Uh well I mean technically it depends on how you want to do this. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> so you know when Star Trek: The Next Generation came out, uh, there was no NX01, which was the original Enterprise commanded by Captain Jonathan Archer, from, right from the Star Trek series Enterprise. Um, so you have your Constitution class, which is Kirk's ship. That gets a huge refit for the motion picture. Right. And it becomes the Constitution class refit, and that is still, they, they ask us to believe that that is still NCC-1701. Right. That gets destroyed by Kirk. Uh-huh. And in, as a thank you for saving the planet right. from the humpback whale probe, <laughs> they give him, they rename a ship the Enterprise A. So it's another Constitution class refit, uh, it's that design of Starship. They give him that ship and say, thank you, Captain. You are now, well, thank you, Admiral. You're demoted. Here's a ship. Right. Uh, so we get the Enterprise A, which looks just like the original Enterprise refit. Then the Enterprise B, of course, we meet that in Star Trek Generations. Uh-huh. That one is an Excelsior-class Starship. We meet the Excelsior-class. I don't recall that. that. That it was an Excelsior-class Starship. It is an Excelsior-class Starship. Um, and then we have the third Enterprise, which is my favorite of the Enterprises, the Ambassador class, which is NCC-1701C. And that one is appears in yesterday's Enterprise. Uh, and then we get the D, and, and, and this is where we are. Are you, are you looking up the Ambassador class ship? I want to see what it looks like. Oh, It's it, your favorite ship. It looks like the Excelsior fucked the Enterprise D. Oh, my goodness. 
Oh, yeah, that is beautiful. I mean, come on, right? Yeah. That's a great-looking ship. That is a powerful-looking ship. Uh, so the Ambassador class seems to have a pretty decent armament. Uh, it's a whole thing we'll talk about when we get to Season 3. Now, to digress into <laughs> somehow even further in nerdiness, yeah. wasn't Captain Archer mm-hmm. in charge of the same Enterprise that Kirk was? No, no, no. You're thinking of Captain Christopher Pike. Pike. That was it. Yeah. Archer is um, Archer, uh, Quantum Leap. Archer is Quantum Leap. <laughs> Sam Beckett. Sam Beckett. Oh, my God. What's his name? Some nerd you are. I'm sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> so, I, I'm not claiming to be on your level. We're talking about NCIS New Orleans. <laughs> Scott Bakula. Bakula. That's it. Um yeah, so this is the new ship, and I remember not liking the ship also. I thought it looked too organic. Mm-hmm. It looks too uh, biological, like the smooth lines and the like singular shape of it. This The, the, the Enterprise D. Yeah. I'm just talking about my opinions as a child. Um, I've grown to love this ship. Uh-huh. I, I, love, I love everything about it now as an adult, you know. It's very unified in its design. I'll yeah. say that, and even down to the um, the um, the control panels and everything, which I discovered recently are called Okudagrams because of, because of Mike Okuda who designed them. Yeah, really brilliant design, of gorgeous that design. you could argue are the precursors to iPads and everything. You don't have our, to argue; it was. Well, I'm going to argue it anyway. They wanted to call the iPad the Pad, P A D D. Oh, really? Just like in Star Trek. Interesting. Um. So it's it's uh, the touch screens don't date it. I think it's great that everything's touch over there because that's how it is in everybody's car now. It's brilliant. It's amazing. Who knows what we'll actually be using in 20, 20, 30, 23, we'll say what, 2320? Yeah. I don't know what year it is. But Michael, Someone Kudo, does. he changed the course of technology. He did. He's, yeah, I mean, he's a brilliant man. I have the technical manual at home. I've read many things about the LCAR system, mm-hmm. which is the library computer access. Never mind. Um, I don't want to get super nerdy. Oh, sure. Alienate, you don't want to. You don't want to off put the audience. I don't want to alienate everybody <laughs> listening or anybody who might be listening. Who isn't? I don't know. If you if you've never listened, if you've never watched Star Trek, this might be a good opportunity for you to dip your toe in the water with along with Andy. Well, that does raise a question that I had, which is, uh, should we be steering clear of spoilers? Because I have seen episodes no. here and there later on. No, no, just no. Not I think that. this is ex- this should be accessible for people who maybe love Star Trek and don't care about a spoiler and for people who are going to watch Star Trek for the first time and don't care about a spoiler. Well, the point is... For the record, I, I'm in the category of people that hate spoilers. So You hate spoilers. I despise spoilers. Would you listen to a show like say you wanted to really finally tackle all of Fantasy Island? Uh-huh. But as I've been dreaming to. <laughs> <laughs> Would you... Um, listen to a podcast where someone has seen all of Fantasy Island and the other person hasn't and they may occasionally spoil some later fantasies. I would want them to not spoil them. I would listen. I would watch. This is why I'm saying I would watch yeah. each episode, see what Tattoo and Mr. Work were up to. I, and then I would listen why, to the episode. Here's why I don't think it's a problem. Okay. In Star Trek, The Next Generation particularly. I think it might be more of a problem in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. But in Star Trek The Next Generation, it is not serialized. Or rather, it is serial. It's not. It's not a flowing story. Right. Like we're not They're really, one-offs. 
they're very much one-offs. Right. Very rarely are episodes interconnected with each other. It doesn't really even begin to happen until season four, and even then it's only a few episodes, like Best of Both Worlds and Family. Those are very much connected. Right. Um, and there's references to things that happened previously throughout, but it's all like, they're all sort of like procedural space dramas. Right. All right. That's Th- there are big moves, though, that happen. Like what? Well, I don't want to say. <laughs> Riker's beard? Is that a big move? Or? <laughs> Let's say in a minor, to a minor degree. Say you you want to like, no, nah, I don't like him without the beard. Uh-huh. Then suddenly, it's like a, it's like a, a retrofitting of the Enterprise. Suddenly, <laughs> Riker has a beard. You know, you uh, want that to be a surprise. Well, let's talk about the first... The first um so we see the Enterprise. It, it, you come in on Picard's face. Yes. He's staring there in his in his window, looking out the observation. By the deck. way, oh, is that what that is? Because why is it so dark in that room? I think it's just... To my knowledge, there was no dark room, it's even lit, in the Jeffries tubes on the Enterprise. It's lit only by space. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I really... In, the, in Star Trek Generations, in the movie The Gener- Generations, they have some lighting going on in the Enterprise D that is phenomenal. Yeah. Like it's what the Enterprise should have looked like from the get go. Darker or lighter? Uh, darker, are. but like like they're parked next to a, a star, and they have all that natural light bleeding into the ship. Cool. It's like it's very. I, that's my favorite part about Star Trek Generations. It's nice. the lighting. Now, Andy, I'm gonna I'm gonna reference my notes that okay. I took while we were watching the episode separately. Yeah. And that way, we'll get a good thing. So we're gonna go through this all sort of. Not haphazardly, but just sort of like our memories. And if Andy has any Star Trek questions, I'll be happy to answer them. If you have any questions, you can email us. Uh, I think, right? Did we get the email? We oh, we got it, but I don't, I don't have it in my brain. Well, we have some email that we'll tell you about later um, <laughs> in a different episode. So you can, uh, you can. Oh, here it is. Great. All right. So let's let's talk about it. Let's dive in. Okay. They're on board the ship. Yeah. They have to go to Far Point Station. Mm-hmm. They're going to the Deneb system. Right. Deneb 4. Correct. Uh, to visit this far away uh, star base that Starfleet might be able to use as a base of operations to go to the great unexplored section of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever that's supposed to mean. So, Deneb 4, by the way, much less luxurious than Deneb 2 and 3. <laughs> Deneb 2 and 3, if you're going to plan a vacation, that's where you want to go. Right, but Deneb 4 has the thermal pockets that are really yeah. generating quite a bit of power. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, the first thing that happens, they're on board the ship. They don't have a full complement of crew. They have no chief of medical staff. They have no Geordi LaForge. They have no William Riker. Mm-hmm. So they're really out there on their own when all of a sudden a large uh, bit of chain link fence pops up. That's right. And, Glowing chain link fence. And uh, Captain Picard, the first time we're meeting him, I did not enjoy the fact that he was perturbed about the red alert noise. <laughs> That's funny. I was going to say that I liked it because it did It did occur to me like, yeah, I guess you're in a crisis. Is <laughs> the first thing you want like, all right, sound a sound that will be incredibly distracting <laughs> during this crisis. I, it, was, it was something. And will heighten everyone's panic. Sure. But I just was like, you're a Starfleet captain. You should be used to that noise. That is also a valid perspective. That's a noise that goes on. Uh, I feel like 
if someone's dog gets out in the hallways of the Enterprise, it's a fucking red alert. Like, I feel like it's, they're very quick to... And in a red alert, shields go up, weapons are powered up. If that has never it, been a plot, by the way. I would love to see that. Stop <laughs> it! Get it! Well, roof, roof. You know, Archer has a dog in Enterprise. Oh, does he? Yeah, he travels with his dog, Porthos. Oh. What do you think about that? I, I like it. <laughs> Okay, so poor Archer the... ended up in that uh, that giant box with the beeping light. I'm just kidding. I'm making a Pike reference. <laughs> in that giant box with the beep. Well, that's because they couldn't get the actor. I know. Uh, so they messed they, with his face. Yeah, threw somebody in. in what a... was he thinking? Or did he have a problem? The guy in the something Jones, Jeffrey Jones? No, Jeffrey Jones. I think he passed away, right? Well known by then. Ferris Bueller pedophile. What? Didn't he pass away? The guy oh, maybe Pike? he passed away. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um, so this is our first meeting with Q. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Q? I am not a Q fan. Bullshit. And are you doubting that I'm not a Q fan? I just think your opinion <laughs> yeah. is bullshit. Well, this is. A, I know that this is going to be controversial right out of the box. It may not be. I don't know. Well, the only thing I can say is what I am surprised about, uh, in addition to... Did we cover, because we rebooted, did we cover... Your your stance on on fantasy? I don't remember. Okay, well, point just, is, I don't like fantasy. Just to restack it, Matt, to my shock, <laughs> hates Lord of the Rings. Not a Harry Potter fan, and I'm like, uh-huh. well, I don't understand what's going on. I keep dropping yeah. references, and you're not not even Game of Thrones. So, right. to me, what is the distinction between those things and this omnipotent being that snaps his fingers and disappears and reappears and makes crap happen? He doesn't have to cast a spell to do it. He's an alien. What? Yeah, but that's just a He's different... He's a race of omnipotent aliens. Uh, omnipotent suggests Part of unexplainable the to me. He was God. At least in magic, it's like, I have to do, go through this process to make something happen. With Q, it's just like, nah, I'm pretty powerful. He's very powerful. Definitely too powerful, in my opinion. Um, I, I can see where you're coming from. I think the differentiation for me is that... Uh, I'm tell I'm being told by the television set that this is an alien life form. Yeah, which I immediately buy into more than this is a wizard who has incantations and uh, goes from gray to white. I don't Yawn. know. Yawn. <laughs> I go from a light color to a lighter color. Ugh. That progression is uh, is the classic Jesus rebirth. Of coming back more powerful after making the ultimate yeah. sacrifice. I get it. RoboCop did the same thing. Yeah. I mean, come on. What did? How did Q get there? He just got there by being cocky and a know-it-all. I think Q just has a fascination with humans that we will explore in later episodes of the series. But this is the first time we meet Q, and Q just talks loud. Um, he la- he loud talks, and they they do an amplification thing to his voice, which I thought was weird when they first when you first meet him. Mm-hmm. One thing, uh, so Q is trying to communicate as a ship's captain. So he's dressed like a like a Spanish Old-time, conqueror, right? Uh, in a in a sailing ship, and uh, then he drops on to. Uh, he goes how far up does he go? He goes to military captain from let's say the forties. Yeah, uh, and the most annoying thing about this scene is the fact that Captain Picard keeps calling it a costume. That is odd. He would know it was a uniform. He even stumbles over it. Yeah. Well, he probably like he's kind of just like those fool, those ridiculous things we wore. It's <laughs> like, have you taken a look in the mirror? I mean, <laughs> come on. It's that did not uh, that just didn't 
sit with me well. It I didn't like strange. the fact that he called it a costume. I found that very hard on the ear. Yeah, I, I concur. So um, now on the ship at this point is Troy, Tasha Yar, Worf, mm-hmm. and Picard. Right. Those are our members of the main cast that are on the ship. What are your impressions of 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 the rest of the crew, this part of the crew that we meet? Well, I will say uh, Tasha and Worf, uh, just having a sense of what Worf became, yeah. kind of double up each other. Yeah. They're both sort of like, and I think in the in this episode, b- both of them at different points are like, I'll shoot him. And then C- Captain Picard kind of Plus, acts like a... I mean, Worf at one point at, reacts to Q at the end of the episode on the screen as though he is... A crazy moment. A, 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 a person in a western town <laughs> seeing a train moving on a motion picture for the first time where he's diving out of the way so that the train may not hit him. Uh, that giant face uh, is coming ah, after us! I'll shoot it! <laughs> anyway, that was... That and was, then Captain Picard really makes a jackass out of him in front of everybody, which yeah. is hard for me to... I mean, I gotta say... Worf, and I know this becomes a thing in the yeah. series, Worf really has an endless amount of patience for how everybody craps on him on this Worf ser- really, ship. I mean, maybe it's because he's the son of Russian immigrants, but uh, he really takes Are it. Russians uh, known to take it. that much? He uh, takes it, you know. Well, that I think many knows, insults without I attitude? I think he's aware of the hardships, uh-huh. you know. I mean, even Chekhov was a little defensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Uh, so... Uh, can, can we re, uh, just rewind for a second since we're talking about the other characters? Please. There was a clip that I wanted to uh, oh, play. Oh, do you have the time code? I of this do. 328. At three minutes and 28 seconds. So what we're going to try to do here, guys, is we're going to try to play audio clips with my uh, handy-dandy uh, Netflix and a thing we've uh, stuck into the computer. So at 328, you're saying? Yes. And it's, it's both a, a Troy moment and a, and more of a data moment. Let's uh, so let go let's, to the go to the red alert. Let's check in here. 328. Here we go. Oh, let me turn this up and we are ready for some action. Boop, 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 boop. Um, I won't my my time code will not be as specific, so it'll be guessing. As simple as that. PowerPoint station. Even the name sounds mysterious. It's hardly simple, Data, to negotiate a friendly agreement for Starfleet to use the base while at the same time snoop around, finding out how and why the life form there built it. Inquiry. The word... Snoop? Data, how can you be programmed as a virtual... Snoop, ...without knowing a simple word like snoop? I will fight you. That's what he looks like kind of human behavior I was not designed to emulate. It means um, to uh, spy, to sneak. Uh, to seek covertly, to go stealthily, to slink, slither. Exactly, yes. Glide, creep, skull, pussyfoot, gum, yes, shoe. Captain, I'm sensing a, a powerful mind. Okay, that's all. <laughs> So there was a lot to unpack there. It looked like she was going <laughs> to fart and that the sound of the red alert was her fart. <laughs> that would have been a great turn for that character. That's how she senses minds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, another Dana bowl Troy, of chili, huh, Dana Troy? Yeah, I got a lot of... Is so underdeveloped. 
uh, Troy's. Yeah, I think even particularly in this episode, but also, uh, I just like feel like, oh, is that all she does? And I thought it was so. I thought it was such dumb writing for them to do the thing in the when they're in the cave and the planet's being attacked and she screams at Riker, "No, what will happen if?" It's it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of moments like that for Troy. I, mean, I don't remember exactly how they make her more purposeful or if they do. I feel like she doesn't get more purposeful till season six when she finally gets a uniform on. Uh huh. Thanks to Captain Edward Jellico. Is she wearing the scored or whatever it is? The whole no. She wears her. She. I think she pretty much wears a civilian uniform. Uh huh. Most of the time. So she, even though she, she's a lieutenant commander, she's a counselor. She's the ship's counselor. So that's not a military title. Uh, I don't. As far as I know, it's not a naval title. Uh-huh. Well, it, it was really just the '80s fascination with therapy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a joke. That's what it, it was. Is. It's really. I mean, the sting kind of, the, the the emotional sting when she's sensing something says it all, really, to me. I, about <laughs> how weird and out of place it feels. when And what is she doing? And how does it help? So there's a powerful mind. I feel like, narratively, its only purpose is for her to say, this is a tense moment. Right. And her also her purpose is to tell us what emotions inanimate objects are feeling. <laughs> and then to go back to data, um, I like because they I think that Gene Roddenberry knew that data was going to serve this like multiple narrative purposes. It's interesting looking at this now as a as a writer, as a professional at a, yeah. Matt and I are both professional writers now, guys. We do make it a profession. <laughs> but um um but to look at it from that perspective and and they knew well, we're going to have... This is what Data's thing is going to be. Um, well, they needed a Spock. Right. So, but then they were like, but why doesn't he know ever? Why does he have to ask what Snoop is? So I like that they at least addressed it, but it doesn't feel like it's that... He's just... Because he kind of just sort of says, uh, it's a kind of human behavior. It wasn't designed to emulate, maybe? I, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, no, I did like that, too. I like that. I like that of. they addressed it, but it was... It is weird. It and here, like... So here are my theories on it. Oh, I love this. I have, I have multiple I... theories. One is either his hang creator... On, hang on, I'm going to make this a segment. Okay. This oh. is called Andy's Theories. We've got to come up with a better theme than that. <laughs> Send in your themes for Andy's Theories. <laughs> I like that power of having Backstory a no one asked for. <laughs> Brought to you by Andrew Secunda. And Chicken Tonight. <laughs> Um, or was that on our previous version? No, that was this one. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, this is a problem of restarting because of a buzz. It was four minutes. We lost four minutes. Four minutes. <laughs> Whatever. I, I feel like that's an alternate timeline. Um, so uh, either his creator mm-hmm. uh, programmed him to not know basic human words so that he would learn on his own. So I don't know if that's ever addressed. Oh, interesting. Or he was programmed to be a little bit like a childlike dummy so the humans wouldn't be threatened. By this person who is clearly a superior being oh, in every way. Oh, <laughs> I like that theory. Or here's my last theory, and the one that I'm really the most interested mm-hmm. in is uh, Data knows the answer to every single dumb question he asks in the course of the series, and he's just pretending not to know to mess with people around <laughs> him. <laughs> uh, because he's been programmed not just with superior strength sure. and intelligence, he's been programmed with the highest, most refined human ability 
the ability to be funny <laughs> and the ability to not come off such like a jerk oh yeah, yeah. to not to not be like, a cocky jerk oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. so so but but i like the idea that he's being sarcastic instead so every time he says what is snoop and then they explain it to him then what we don't see is him turning around and rolling his eyes and going, <laughs> like i don't know what the word uh, yeah i only have every word we do get a glimpse in every language programmed do, into my head we get a glimpse of that data at 16 minutes and 26 seconds. Oh, interesting. Into the show. Okay. Where Brent Spiner uh, makes the most bored face I've ever seen on television <laughs> in a way where I'm certain the camera was just rolling and <laughs> he wasn't told action yet. <laughs> I would love to believe that. So I'm going to, I'm going to first, but first, before we get to that, we'll get to that in a minute. I just wanted to talk about, so Q comes and he. The B&Q is saying, you guys are a menace. You should go back to your home solar system. The humans have spread too far. You're savages. Get out of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're trying to outrun this large wall, and they're going to do it in a way um, that I would describe as ridiculous, and that is with maximum acceleration. Let's, let's hear how many times they say maximum <laughs> acceleration. Aboard, repeat, no station for any reason will make use of transmitted signals or intercom. We'll try and take them by surprise. Let's see what this galaxy-class starship can do. Lieutenant, inform engine room to prepare for maximum acceleration. Aye, sir. Record search data. Results of detaching saucer section at high warp velocity. Inadvisable at any warp speed, sir. Search theoretical. It is possible. Data has to look down. Absolutely no margin for error. Nice touch. Using printout only, notify all decks to prepare for maximum acceleration. Now hear this. Maximum you're entitled to know means that we'll be pushing our engines well beyond safety limits. Audience. Our hope is to surprise whatever that is out there. Try and outrun it. Our only other option is to tuck tail between our legs and return to Earth as they demand. So, maximum acceleration. Uh-huh. I, I don't... There is no maximum acceleration. You just... You, Say the warp. You punch in a number. <laughs> right. You hit the go button. Right. And your ship travels to that speed. Is Picard maybe... Maybe... It's you know he's he's new as the captain on the Enterprise. Sure. He doesn't remember what the maximum acceleration is. He doesn't want to undercut right. everyone's he confidence. He in doesn't want to say warp nine point <laughs> six and them to go. Sure, we can't go that fast. <laughs> it's nine point three, pal. It's a little faster So he's just saying maximum acceleration, right? Because he doesn't want to be an idiot. Is nine point five the top? Uh, what do they get to in this nine point? three or something like that i don't remember the internet will tell us uh the enterprise uh big thing so what happens in this and what is interesting because the original enterprise was designed to be able to have the saucer separated Mm -hmm. and they never did it in the original series because it just would have been crazy on the budget and uh they decided, no, no, let's just do it when we finally have the money. Right. So now, 
Well, that might be an old, old wives' tale, but I've been told that the original Enterprise was designed to be able to separate its saucer section. Interesting. Uh, so this saucer separation is the first time we're ever going to see anything like that in Star Trek. You're going to see the star drives separate from the saucer section. The idea, of course, being that you will get the families and the civilians into the saucer section, which does not have warp capability. Mm-hmm. It has two large impulse engines on it. Um, so I think feel like when you separate from the star drive traveling at warp nine point whatever uh and you don't have a warp engine i feel like everyone (laughs) on board would be disintegrated by the forward momentum there are no inertial dampeners that are going to stop you from dying when your ship drops out of warp like that minimally it it kind of glides off in a very graceful yeah. way. Minimally, but it, it also, would sort of flip around like yeah, a it like also, a frisbee that had not been thrown well. It also what it does too is while they're traveling at warp nine for whatever the saucer section goes ahead. Goes of ahead, the, but is that because they're backing off? Uh, interesting question. I don't know. That is that would have made more sense, but yeah. I assume you can't warp backwards. Is that never can't. been done? No, no. I, and I don't know if because you're in the warp bubble that it's okay. Right. A lot of this has a lot of questions that aren't answered. Uh, but we do see engineering for the first time, and engineering was written into this pilot script because Gene Roddenberry said, "If I don't write engineering into the pilot, they'll never give me the money to build it." Oh, smart! So he that's an in, experienced showrunner. Yeah. Right there. So he wrote in the scene in engineering, which gave us engineering. Star Trek: The Next Generation goes two seasons without having a chief engineer. Jordy's not the chief engineer. Not in this. Not in the first season. Interesting. The two season or one season. You'll Wait, but uh, one season, oh, season two, he is. Oh, but O'Brien isn't the chief engineer in this. O'Brien is just the chief. He's the chief, chief petty officer. That's his rank. Gotcha. So he's uh, he's an enlisted Starfleet, not an officer. Interesting. Yeah, and his rank insignia changes from episode to episode. Side note: uh, I think that I poked around enough and then got tired and took a nap um on the internet but uh i uh was trying to find out because they refer to the uh the guy the first crewman that um that q freezes as torres and uh-huh. i wondered if he was related to Bellana torres in voyager oh but i don't know that that's part of canon unless it's in a book somewhere was it did anyone else say he probably is or no i, I not that i saw are you the first person to come up with that theory i really hope i am oh my god that would be great andy's theories <laughs> don't 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 oh that's too i aggressive. made it cooler it's <laughs> too aggressive uh so they separate the saucer section oh i nailed the spot where brent spiner is looking the that's most the saddest bored. moment of pride i've ever seen he's happy with that where he queued it up uh so i'm just gonna go to 16 minutes and 26 seconds and there it is (laughs) it's just a visual oh that is that is his he really does look bored now can we put that can we put that on a on a website i'm gonna be asking by the way because this is my first official podcast i've been on other podcasts I'm going to be asking Matt all manner of irritating <laughs> operational questions. Can we put that image on a on a website somewhere? Uh, we could, sure. We have we oh, have the uh, sixteen twenty six. Oh, we missed it. We missed it. We have. I think our website is going to be Star Trek TNC dot com. So I guess check that out. Um. 
so yeah check out star trek tng.com once we get that tnc.com TNC. i don't think tng does anything no so a separate saucer saucer ugh, saucer section um when they freeze torres uh Troy's character, again, poorly written, yells out, you barbarian. Which I think is just a weird thing to yell out, the alien life form. Yep. And unprofessional, frankly. I feel like this story is two stories, right? It's the Farpoint mission and it's the Q story. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if one was added when they were like, we need an hour and a half or whatever. Now, as a big point of how the era in which this episode of Star Trek was written, the thing that they do for recreation on the Starbase is go to a mall. Mm-hmm. And we'll hear them introduce each other to the mall. I might join you for a stroll. Actually, we were about to do some shopping. I've been meaning to visit the mall myself. Of course. Back in the 80s. <laughs> it's a little Goldberg's reference. We loved malls. <laughs> we even wrote them into Star Trek. People aren't going to relate to this. Ba, ba, da, da, da. We have to see people people go into the gap. <laughs> the future gap. The future gap where you can have any ream of uh, cloth you'd like. <laughs> Okay, so Worf, uh, let's see, manual docking. So they pick up, we should talk about Beverly Crusher. Mm-hmm. Wesley Crusher. Will Wheaton. LeVar Burton. Jordy LaForge. I'm using everybody's name except LeVar Burton. Go back Jordy LaForge right. and uh, William Riker to now give us the full complement of Enterprise crew. Exciting. Uh, what did you think of the rest of the crew over here? Um, I like the intention and my, my, uh, my sense is that they become, uh, useful and cool later on. Yeah. Uh, Riker really gets under my skin, which I think is, is sort of a standard take. He gets under your skin? It's the smiling. Oh, you don't like the smiling? I don't like that he's like, <laughs> oh boy, how quirky everyone is <laughs> just constantly throughout the episode. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I liked his sort of like... As someone who, in sitcom writing, I hate it, particularly in a multicam, when the characters are like laugh at their own jokes or laugh at the antics of other people. I just don't dig it. You don't like that? Oh, I hate it. I hate it. You're undercutting. That character is irritating or weird or or, or has a problem. In that sense. You don't... Do you hate when a character makes fun of another character and the other characters laugh? Yes. You hate... No. That is fine. Okay. It's when, um, say, uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston does something, uh, you know, Rachel yeah. and then Courtney Cox is kind of smiling at her. Oh, boy. Sure. Rachel. Sure. Okay. But you don't have a problem with Frazier. That's what I'm getting at. Um, you're the expert on Frazier. I'm okay. not going to come you up. Don't I don't, but frankly, I don't think they do that in Frazier. I think that those- Frazier, they laugh at each other. At each other, or they laugh they with laugh. amusement at how delightful each other is? No, they laugh at... They mock each other. They mock each other. That's different. And others will laugh. No, that's fine. At the rip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's fine. Okay. Great. And Riker here is doing exactly what I'm saying. Okay, so Wesley, uh, child of Beverly, 
we get a little bit of the backstory that Picard delivered the body uh-huh. <laughs> of uh, what is his name? Jonathan Crusher. It sounds right to me. Eh, I made that up. Might not be his name at all. Um, at some point, uh, we don't know. Well, we do know that Beverly says it was a long time ago. Uh, can't have been that long because Will is no no older than 15 here. Um, Beverly Crusher's husband, Jack Crusher? Jack Crusher. Jack Crusher. Damn it, I knew that. You were close. Uh, so... Riker. Wait a minute. No, I think he's he's that's not that's a future one. Hang on one sec. Let me look up Wesley. No, that's correct though. Is it? I think so. Uh, although Jack and Beverly have divorced due to Wesley. No, this is a whole thing. Well, that's that's the, was that a specific episode? No, that's a reference to Q squared. That's a book. Oh, that sounds like that's that's uh, multiple times a character that I'm not fond of to start with. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so let's see. They're at the mall. They they have to investigate. The main mission of this episode is to investigate whether wh- how these people on this distant planet that has no real resources uh, built this perfect star base. Mm-hmm. So they Will's there to find that out. Um, Picard's going to go pick them up. The hood has dropped them off. The HMS, the HMS Hood. A very nice appearance by the USS the Excelsior Hood. class starship. Great by appearance the by the Excelsior class. Excellent appearance by Admiral McCoy. Oh, I love that. Uh, really the, the, a nice. He he does get very southern in his old age. I love that. <laughs> I love that it goes. It totally is is organic to McCoy's character that he would that he would later on just be like, eh, screw everything. <laughs> enough of this bland mid Atlantic accent. I'm going to be as southern as possible. Uh, I also love that he's uh, he's wearing the, this crazy sweater. First of all, um, that kind of has. Uh, Epaulets on it, right? Yes, like it kind of has an admiral's Epaulets, rank, a giant V-neck. Uh, but but also that there's a touch of his pants are the same as the the pants he wore in the original series. They have the same like cuffs at the top of the boots, which means he is refused to adjust to style for eighty years. <laughs> uh, let's hear what it's like when uh, Riker boards the Enterprise D for the first time. Lieutenant Yar of Security, sir. Captain Picard will see you on the battle bridge. With the saucer gone, can I assume that something interesting happened on the way here? Battle bridge. That's for the captain to explain, sir. Tasha, a little unnerved there. I sir, into standard parking orbit. Make it so. Commander Riker, sir. Doesn't even Riker, WT, around. reporting is ordered, sir. Very cold. Is the viewer ready? All set up, sir. We'll first bring you up to date on a little adventure we had on our way here, Commander. Then we'll talk. Welcome aboard. Ooh. Ooh snap. Cold shoulder. <laughs> also... Daddy's angry. It's like, (laughs) is the viewer ready? I've queued up this fun uh, edit that I've made of the previous scenes for you to watch. (laughs) 
it's such a weird thing. It's very weird. That he sits there and watches the television show. But it, That's how they catch him up to speed. Oh, so weird. It's like, what? So weird. And never seen again, I see. Never assume. again. Right. Why would totally they crazy. Do it doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> um, you had something? Um, no, I, let me see where you go with this because I had a theory about the... Although I think it's actually, it's not even a theory. Well, I think on. it's explained. I think it's time for... Andy's theory. <laughs> Gets worse every time. Uh-huh. Somebody else come up with a better one. Uh, um, um, he, uh, I like, and I think he sort of softens his edge in the next few scenes after he he has a full conversation with Riker. But even though many times with uh, with Picard's. Um, kind of <laughs> jerkiness in this episode it's just kind of like all right I don't, I don't know that i buy that this guy's in charge of thousands of civilians and and uh is this uh is this kind of cold and 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 bad with human beings but with th- in this case i actually kind of liked it because there's the there's the new uh number one coming on the ship he's got a kind of see kind of rattle his cage a little bit and see what he's yeah he's made of first thing he does even though it's an insanely long sequence that clearly is just like gene roddenberry and all the tech nerds going like let's watch the saucer reattach now <laughs> even though we've seen a de-attach in a more exciting fashion and ilm's like uh could we just reverse the footage <laughs> Um, so even though that's the case, there is an element of it kind of makes sense from a command perspective because Picard is like, well, it's the new number one. The crew has to have faith in him. I'm going to make him do kind of a hard maneuver manually right off the bat because we're in a crisis situation to prove that uh, that his metal. And then once he's proved himself, then I'll be a little bit. So nice you think he was like, I'm not going to even talk to this guy until he proves to me that he can put the ship back together a little bit <laughs> but but more for the purpose of the crew than for his own also i think it's just that's an insane thing to have him do if have everyone else is like manual <laughs> right why have him do that to prove look they're about to face greater danger so this is he i assume he knows from riker's record that he has like 100 percent success at is doing it like this. when kirk says to savik pilot us out of space doc 100 <laughs> percent. good good tie-in <laughs> boy it's almost as if there are no original ideas in the first season of star trek <laughs> which i have another thought on but we can get to that oh let's get to it what, what, what's your thought it, it's about the alien at the end oh, okay we'll get to that uh so manual docking happens uh they go to a mall i have for some reason i have my time code over here yeah i did i wanted to play i wanted to, i wanted us to hear dr Leonard McCoy's return to Star Trek. Mm-hmm. By the way, they refer to uh, the saucer separation as an emergency saucer sep. <laughs> so like, kind of like they do. Does it? I think so. Oh my god! Does it really? Does that just so sound they can, cooler? They could just tweet it. <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna write saucer sep. I need the characters. In our shuttlecraft to transfer an admiral over to the hood. An admiral? He's been aboard all day, sir, checking over medical layout. Why a shuttlecraft? Why wouldn't he just beam over? I suppose he could, sir. But the Admiral is a rather 
remarkable man. Have you got some reason you want my atoms scattered all over space, boy? No, sir. But at your age, sir, I thought you shouldn't have to put up with the time and trouble of a shuttlecraft. Hold it right there, boy. Sir? What about my age? Sorry, sir. Keep getting emails. But that emails. subject troubles you. Troubles me? What's so damn troublesome about not having died? How old do you think I am anyway? 137 years, Admiral, according to Starfleet records. Explain how you remember that so exactly. I remember every fact I'm exposed to, sir. I don't see no points on your ears, boy. Boy? But you sound like a Vulcan. Kind of. Kind of no, feels sir. like McCoy would. I'm an android. Be a little bit more well versed on the <laughs> progression of things like androids. Almost as bad. I thought it was generally accepted, Look sir, that, that Vulcans are an advanced and most honorable race. They are. They are. Damn annoying at times. Yes, sir. Well, it's a new ship, but she's got the right name. Now you remember that, you hear? I will, sir. You treat her like a lady. And she'll always bring you home. Get a little misty there when I'm yeah. not getting emails. <laughs> yeah, the emails do undercut the emotion. Really do. Uh, <laughs> so this is... So now, who has appeared with this cast? We have... Uh, Spock, McCoy, and Kirk have appeared. The big three have appeared with this cast. Not Scotty? And Scotty. Oh, my God. The big four. The first four in command. Yeah. Uh, Of course, we get Sulu and Voyager. Mm -hmm. um, And that's it. No Uhura, no Chekhov, and any other incarnations of Star Trek. It's too bad. I agree. Uh, So... Uh, let's talk about the fact that Troy and Riker have a previous relationship. Yeah, that is so weird. It, it's handled. It it really part of the thing that 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 troubles me so much. And I got to say this for uh for Riker's reactions in that at least he reacts appropriately. He's a little weird and like freaked out, but at least yeah. he's like, we shouldn't talk about this. Because we're on a freaking starship bridge. And she like is so, let's fucking get it out now. Imzadi, right I have everyone. to talk to you about my feelings. <laughs> so weird. It is poorly written. Very poorly written. It is. It, may, it kind of points to perhaps, and you can speak to this uh, with more knowledge, the, the, st- the, the staff, the writing staff's ability to write for women at that point in time. Well, it's Roddenberry. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, you know, I mean, DC Fontana was on staff. She was, you know, she's a wonderful woman. I don't know if she was just like, uh, Gene? And Gene was like, meh. Yeah. I don't know. I would, I would love to know because I would, uh, here, I don't know. I have, I have another it's controversial opinion. To- I, I, it's so, it's such an odd I mean, just I just need you to hear. First of all, since we're here, okay. uh, let's let's hear Riker try to shoot a television. <laughs> I you mean, mean Worf. I mean Worf. Oh, oh, it's like literally the next scene. So there's the Excelsior class hood. 
signal the hood, Commander Riker? Your exact message. Bon voyage, mon ami. Ah, what was the reply, computer? You're wasting time, Captain. Or did you think I was gone? <laughs> insane. An insane reaction for a rational... Uh, Starfleet trained... Starfleet trained Klingon. Yes. Trained in battle. To have. Yeah. Do you intend to blast a hole in the viewer? It's kind of a weird... Why is that the choice for Worf? That he's... Is 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 the perspective of the show that he's a little dumb? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's so odd. He does his character because that is the thing. He's always told he's wrong. His constantly, character right? does come across as a real dumb dumb sometimes. Yeah, it's I don't know. Um, so yeah, I wanted to also since we're talking about Imzadi and the like, uh, let's find out where. Oh, here it is. Let's uh, let's let's hear it. Over here, I've asked the counselor to join us in this meeting. <gasps> May I introduce our new first That's officer, strong. Commander William Riker. Commander Riker, this is our ship's counselor, Deanna Troy. Do you remember what I taught you, Imzadi? What? I'm trying to do my job here. Stop. <laughs> Can you still sense my thoughts? Captain Picard's looking at us. This Can you please stop this? Pleasure. Awkward for everyone involved. Likewise, Counselor. Have the two of you met before? Good. Good picking up social cues there. We have, sir. Excellent. I consider it important for my key officers to know each other's abilities. We do, sir. I love how Riker's staring at her in this. Infra- I too could never say them. goodbye, Imzadi. I didn't say that. I said stop this. I'm with the captain. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hearing my thoughts? Because I really Not don't want to have this conversation now. Not what I was thinking. New job. Okay, uh, Troy? <laughs> so, yeah. That's weird. Poorly written. Yeah. And the music hurts in every way. <laughs> oh. Never helps. Also very strange for Captain Picard to say, Counselor, over here. <laughs> What? When has Picard ever again said over here yeah. when trying to get someone's attention? And then he, they come over and they say hello. And then there's a super long pause oh. that Picard is watching them for. And he's like, hmm. So strange. Anything going on? Uh, so, yeah. And that was a very wink, 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 nudge, nudge situation where he's like, like all of my key officers to know each other's ability. Oh, you think there was some subtext oh, there? Oh, we do. Of course there was. Oh. This is written by a ham-fisted maniac. Oh. Uh, love you, Gene. <laughs> uh, first glimpse of the holodeck. Yeah. What'd you think of the holodeck? I do like the holodeck. Do you want a holodeck? I would love a holodeck. But all I right, Andy, turn around. <gasps> Matt! Yes! This living room isn't here. Oh. We're all on a holodeck. Oh. I would never get anything done. Uh, so, yeah, we meet Data. I have a problem with the way the holodeck works in this episode and in many of the early season episodes because, as we see in later seasons, anything made inside the holodeck cannot leave the holodeck. So the second that Wesley walks outside the holodeck doors and the doors close behind him, he should be dry. Oh, 
valid point. Thank you, and good night. Mm-hmm. Um, you really, there's a gravity gymnasium, a low, a low, low gravity gymnasium that is uh, mentioned by Wesley, which we never get to see, and I'd like to know what the fuck the point of that is to make me feel like I can lift a lot more weight. Interesting. I fly around, kind of like the danger room. Oh, okay. Is it the X Men cartoon? That's the X Men cartoon theme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna okay. beat us up. <laughs> Wait, no. First, I'll beat myself up. Then I'll beat you up. But it works because Ken <laughs> Picard is Professor X. And they find the. I guess you're you're going. I don't know. You're going out of the holodeck because they find the edge of it and throw a rock at it and throw a rock at it. Yeah. Narrowly missing Riker, by the way, <laughs> with his android strength. Um, and and what what is the the does the floor move? How does it? What's yeah? The? I've always thought of the holodeck the way the holodeck works as you're on a essentially a treadmill. Uh huh. So when you're walking, you're walking in place. Gotcha. Fair enough. But if that's how the holodeck works, it would never work for multiple people. Well, to be that's in what there I was just in thinking. different areas. Right. Just wouldn't. You'd run into walls all the time. Yeah. Okay. So now that we've solved the fact that the holodeck can't work. Uh huh. Uh, what happens after the holodeck? Uh, commi- oh, I like the way that the galaxy class starship directs you to finding whomever you want to locate. The the little dots that go across the hallway, <laughs> but you never see that again. You never see it again. I think, but that's, I liked that. To me, that was insane. That was that was. The, I like that they stop and show each thing and see the engine room you see the holodeck and what it's crazy that they're taking they're being first of all why why is why is data chilling out in the holodeck during a crisis first of all (laughs) great question but putting that aside that that was the only moment where it was just like hey you go this way and then follow the things and then whatever it's this elaborate thing that's like every time a guest comes on the ship there's all these crazy beeping lights pointing <laughs> which way they're going. You're saying, like, I'd be walking this way, you'd be walking that way. Our, beep, Wait, our beeps one? would meet. Which way am I? Oh, uh, which beep am I? Uh, oh, computer. Could be a great lot of meat cutes. Oh, wow. Let's write a Star Trek meat cute. All right. Um, here's how it would work for me. Okay. I think our meat cute would go like this. Mm. Uh, we'd have the female love interest be incredibly unprofessional in front of the captain uh-huh. and the new first officer just wanting to do his job and the meet cute would be that she's telepathically saying hey this is weird right <laughs> you sold me <laughs> let's put it in um okay so holodeck water should now this is also the scene i don't have in my notes where the where it happens but uh where where is this this is the scene where where data smiles right uh data smiles a lot he smiles a lot in this and it's really jarring and weird i think data often you know in later years data does smirk does go hmm huh yeah mm-hmm. that's a big data noise hmm <laughs> yeah hmm. um so let's see i just let's hear wesley and wesley begs his mother to be able to go and to by the way bridge. i just want to say yeah. in the cage april the cage is the pilot episode of the original star trek I there's believe. a couple of pilots of the original i know that they did where no man has gone before is the yeah. reboot uh but i think in the, in the in the original one with captain pike 
Um, uh, Spock also smiles when he sees Spock a, laughs at flowers. the flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so you would think he that would Roddenberry would have learned. No, hey, no, this is going to be my Spock. Let's not make this guy smile. This. Uh, it's not going to be. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, so let's hear Wesley talk to his mom okay. about going on the bridge of the Enterprise. Mom, could you get me a look at the bridge? That's against the captain's standing orders. Are you afraid of the captain, too? I certainly am not. But Captain Picard is a pain, isn't he? Your father liked him very much. Great explorers are often lonely. No chance to have a family. Just a look at the bridge. I'll stay in the turbo lift when the doors open. I won't get off. You are asking for trouble, Wes. We'll see what we can do. Fun. <laughs> you think so? I mean, if I was a kid on the Starship, I'd sure. want to see the bridge. Although, if I was Wesley, I'd go to the holodeck and say, show me the bridge of the Enterprise D. I guess that's the purpose of the Wesley character, but I was not a fan. The purpose of it is, well, Gene wrote it as him. Uh-huh. Like his childlike wonder. Right. Are you familiar with childlike wonder? I I don't know that I am. Have you ever I think I had I had childlike angst. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and then it progressed into adult <laughs> angst. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I I from again, from the few episodes I've seen, I appreciate that Wesley became um, a more useful character, but I really, this was one of the things that drove me away from the series originally. Really? Yeah. Wasn't he like your age? Yeah, I just didn't, I don't want to, I didn't like, he was in the way. I feel like Picard about it. I feel like, get, get that kid off the bridge. <laughs> you didn't want a proxy for you? I uh, know. Oh, that's disappointing. My proxy was Worf, always doing the wrong. Boy, that Worf. Does he get smarter? I suppose he does by Deep Space Nine. Spoiler I, alert. Worf gets smarter. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, this might be an also an appropriate time to uh, say um, I've seen only the pilot of Deep Space Nine. You're missing out. Because it's a good show. Uh, with, along with the usual various problems that exist in a pilot with the characters, mm-hmm. I was just like, why do I want to watch this? This is a parking lot in space. Yeah, it was weird that they were like, that it was a show set on a space station. And you were like, well, the point of Star Trek is to go explore. And you're stuck next to a wormhole. Yeah. When did that one kick in? Get good? Yeah. When Worf shows up, season four. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> it is. I assume we'll go through those if this is oh boy, if, enjoyable. If, if people but, want it. Which, but, yeah, who knows? <laughs> they might ask us to stop right now. <laughs> I, you know what? I would respect that if that was the, if that was the, the response. The aggressive response is, no thank you. <laughs> the last note I took was about Wesley on the bridge. Uh so let's let's hear what happens when you bring a child onto Captain Picard's bridge. Mm. Spoiler alert, it's not good. <laughs> I don't mind the spoiler alert if it's within the episode. <laughs> spoiler alert. Here we go. 
children are not allowed on the bridge. Permission to report to the captain. Dr. Crusher. Do you remember what I talked to him, Zadie? Captain. <laughs> I was just thinking it's exactly Sir, my like, son is not on the bridge. He like merely the Troy the turbo lift. I wonder also if Troy and Riker, <laughs> Troy is hassling Riker through the whole thing of like, I think they know each other. Leave me alone. Isn't I'm trying music? to, but look at it. There's clearly a chemistry between them. I saw him years ago when... sweater I think that that sweater looks exactly like the sweaters of the time that the show was made <laughs> which is very strange that that would be the one element they wouldn't forward but move. don't touch anything I think we're coming upon about to come upon yeah this if I'm not mistaken is this, this the only shot? is this the only handheld shot in Star Trek Oh, maybe. Try it out. So that's good. They look at each other. The background extras are like, what? I never got to sit in the captain's chair. How come that kid does? The panel on your right is for log entries, library computer access, retrieval, view screen control, and intercom. So here we have... On here, the backup client and ops panels, plus shield and armament controls. Mm. Uh, the... Uh, Forward view screen is controlled from the ops position there. Which uses high-resolution multi-spectral imaging sensors. How the hell do you know that, boy? Perimeter alert, Captain. Wesley. I'm sorry. Wes, you shouldn't have touched Get off the bridge. Both of you. You have a perimeter alert, sir. As my son tried to tell you. Oh. She threw right back in his face. Yeah, and he doesn't know what to do. He's flummoxed. He just is like, what? Do I even belong here? My dick just fell off. <laughs> I just don't. This is very, I don't know. This guy can't handle human beings. He's in charge of a galaxy-class so starship. Weird. So weird. But it does, you know, there is some fun with that they have later in the series. I won't spoil anything for you. It does also raise the issue for me of... Uh, that we as this as the show progresses, you deal less and less with the civilians on the ship, right? And here, there's a huge yeah. point on. It's very strange they're going on a deep space. Cruise. Well, they have like a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of episodes that deal with like the classrooms and you know, some, uh, child losing his parents and growing attached to Data. There's a lot of storylines. I always find those. I don't know. It's been a long time. I've only seen a handful. Well, it's not. Um, it's not something you expect from Star Trek. Uh huh. Having I mean, is it something you're happy to get from it's Star a military Trek? Military complex. I like the idea of like living on a starship. Uh huh. Um, but I don't. I don't. I wouldn't want to live on a starship as like Mott the barber. I wouldn't want to be the barber on the starship. I'd want to be like. Is that a really character know. they yeah. establish? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds very silly. <laughs> <laughs> 
I assume he has a device of some kind that goes. Yeah, and the hair is just gone. I mean, as opposed to no, Matt probably uses, they just Matt could put scissors. a helmet in old school. Matt uses scissors. He uses oh, there's like of course, a, there's he's like committed a wand to, for uh, hair color. He doesn't believe in that though. Well, you'll you'll see it in in like two years when we get to season four. Uh, oh, that's not even season one. The barber. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, so they're investigating the space station that seems to be built out of nowhere. Uh-huh. Um, they don't understand how they have everything they want down there, how it keeps changing. They're noticing the ream of uh, cloth is changed to gold when Beverly says she'd like gold. When Riker wants an apple, all of a sudden apples appear. They're like, there's something fishy going on. Right. All of a sudden, a giant flying saucer appears in front of the enterprise and they they just don't know what to make of it picard go ahead ship sensors have detected the presence of a vessel approaching this planet no ship is scheduled to arrive at this time sir have commander Riker and his team beam back up security could that be the hood returning here the vessel does not match the hood's configuration or id signal put it on main viewer identification Vessel unknown, configuration unknown, sir. That's what the drums tell you. Sure. That's very old school. Very, very original series. Better bump. Yeah. Yeah. Just punctuating the drama. Um, I was just looking up, and because I did something that clicked in my head first, uh, or maybe one of many things that are just like, well, that just in the original series is in shore leave the original series. Yeah. They go down to a planet, and they're like, this thing that I thought of just was created. It was exactly what I wanted. Then suddenly it was created. Uh-huh. So that's just straight, and it's aliens, and they're on a, on a pleasure planet. Of yeah, I mean, listen, the first couple seasons used a lot of ideas from the original series. They also used scripts that were written for phase two, uh-huh. which was going to be Star Trek with Captain Kirk, Sure, um, which turned into the motion picture. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of the sets they built, like the hallway set, um, a lot of the corridors on the ship were built for Star Trek Phase Two, but then got reused for um, Next Generation. So you're seeing a lot of holdover, especially in scripts that get poorly reworked to fit this time period. And do you think Roddenberry is aware of that, or he's just like he's? It's like. A vaudeville comedian going, ah, we'll do that bit. That that always works. Yes, I think that's, you think that, that is think that's what exactly is. what it is. That seems very atypical for what I would... Take my wife, what please! Would, <laughs> what I would expect from Gene Roddenberry. Everything is sort of... Uh... Um, so, Troy's sensing some things and crying a lot. Again, not her fault, poorly written. Uh-huh. Um, the ship that comes in... They can't identify it. They don't know what it is. Sure. When I was first watching this, I was like, oh, is this the Ferengi showing up? They reference the Ferengi in this episode. They do, which is very forward thinking. We don't actually see them until the next episode. Or no, like a few episodes from now. Oh, the Ferengi's come in that early? Yeah, the Ferengi's are in the first season. Interesting. They're supposed to be the big race to replace the Klingons, and then they just turn them into uh, stereotypical Jews. Uh-huh. Always concerned with profit. Yeah, it it is very it's questionable. Very weird. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> yeah, gold pressed latinum. Mm. <laughs> we have giant ears. <laughs> uh, Do you think the original versions? And speaking as a Jew, not to out myself in this era, but 
um do you think the original version was uh giant noses and they were like no i feel like I this is imagine. off we should leave this to george you mean, lucas you mean watto <laughs> watto <laughs> on tatooine oh boy um yeah okay so do you have any do you have any notes that i'm skipping am i past anything that you wanted to discuss no i think you're okay oh finally someone has said that to me i'm okay <laughs> Guys, I mean, I'm really, okay. I have to keep it localized to that one decision, I can't uh, say, overall. Q returns. Uh, they come upon the guy who runs this uh, little facility, and Q comes back and starts mocking Picard mid-mission. Mm-hmm. You're running out of time, Captain. Captain, suddenly I'm sensing something else. Satisfaction. <gasps> Enormous satisfaction. From the same source as before? No. That was on the planet. This is much closer. Excellent, Counselor. He's such a dullard, isn't he? He's he's siding with the Troy there. Captain from Transporter Room. First Officer and Mr. Data have beamed aboard. Excellent also. Perhaps with more of these little minds helping. That is enough, damn it! Have you really explodes there really gets snappy also i think it's weird that they say first officer and commander data have arrived like has the transporter chief not learned riker's name yet so it'd be what what would he call him well he's calling him first he's saying first officer and commander data are aboard sir instead of saying commander riker and commander data are aboard sir oh i see he's like oh what were you (laughs) first first officer and commander data are aboard sir the guy, the new guy, and uh, Data, they're here. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, uh, oh, this is it. I this want... does, I will say, this scene does point out also part of my problem with uh, with Q. Again, accepting that I have not seen all the Q episodes. Mm-hmm. But all the uh, Q episodes I have seen, he's always like a side plot to the plot. No, he's the pl- he's the plot. The plot is Farpoint Station. He's just there going, are you going to figure out the plot? Are you going to figure out Farpoint Station? I'll be back in a while to ask you again. Oh, you haven't figured it out yet. Trouble for humanity. <laughs> I think you're just thinking of the first and last episode of the show. He's like Kazoo in the Flintstones. <laughs> he snaps. He is a little bit like the Kazoo. You're not 100% wrong. Who, by uh, the way, even though he was from the future, was basically just magical. He was just a genie. Do you have a problem with that? Okay, dum-dums. We'll see if you figure out the far point mystery. Um, Here, we, and- can, we can pretend we're on the bridge with these sounds I found. Do you have anything to say on the bridge? Captain, there's something on the view screen. <laughs> I'd like to Ladies watch what happened yesterday, Captain. Gentlemen, master <laughs> improviser, Andy Zikander. I nailed it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, Q's there to be Q, being like, figure it out, figure it out, which you know I hadn't noticed until you brought that up, how much that mirrors the all good things. Which is such a good finale. Spoiler alert. Um, oh, also, there was a piece of information that uh, Gene Roddenberry Q was not in the original script. I read. Uh huh. Makes sense for how he's. They were going to have an hour. It was just going to be Farpoint. I think Paramount wanted it to be two hours to have a big, big, big movie premiere. Uh-huh. 
And that was why he added Q, which I think is very clear from the plotting. Of this oh, episode. you're kidding. You're kidding that it's clear that this other plot was shoehorned in. Right, fair enough. It's poorly done. Yeah. But also like lazily done. Like yeah. if you're like, okay, we'd like this to be two hours. I think you'd sort of re-break, right? Yeah. Instead of... And make him more integral it, to the plot. Instead of like... Okay, well, let's like I feel like in a world of no copy and paste, they just kept as much of the script as they could and just started writing. Is it because they didn't have word processors then? <laughs> yeah. It's just like yeah. well, I don't want to retype all I this. I can't be bothered. Can to do we that. just just make him I'll just write some extra pages. Here's some weirdness. Uh Picard telling Crusher that he would give her a transfer. Again, in the midst of this serious crisis, yes. Serious crisis is happening. They and, stop for a lot of calm, weird, so personal we conversations. Can I help you, Captain? I, uh, I didn't want you thinking me harsh. Meanwhile, Q has threatened to send all humans back to Earth, and there's some shit going down with the station. But they wanted Cold to do this. Blooded. Why, oh, why would I ever think that? I didn't welcome you aboard personally, professionally. I made you come to me on the bridge. I yelled at your son, who, as you pointed out, was quite correct. He does seem to have a very good grasp of starship operations. You've just won this mother's heart, Captain. Ah, but uh, ah, now ah, your humanity. assignment oh, here... Complimented the mother that she was happy. Consider and approve a transfer for you. Oh. Do you consider me unqualified? Hardly. Your service record shows you're just the chief medical officer I want. Then you must object to me personally. I'm trying to be considerate of your feelings, doctor. This is like a weird breakup conversation. Work with a commanding officer who would continually remind you of a terrible personal tragedy. If I had had any objections to serving with you, I wouldn't have requested this assignment, Captain. My feelings about my husband's death will have no effect on the way I serve you, this vessel, or this mission. Ah. Then, uh, welcome aboard, Doctor. Riker to Picard. We're ready to beam over, sir. Oh, right. The mission. Yes. The <laughs> impending peril. I've yeah, just slipped my mind. Just had to go apologize to this lady about yelling <laughs> at her son. Uh, back on board. Uh, how you doing, Riker? That is your name, right? First officer. First officer. Um, he calls him number one. He can't remember his name. Number one. Number one. Um, okay, so the they realize through some deduction and some sensing that the space station on on the surface of Deneb Four is actually another one of these giant jellyfish. Right. That's, yeah. Or is that where we skipping to that? That's, I mean, what else do you need? There's 14 minutes of show left. Nothing happens. Well, oh, I love it. Tell me what you have, Andy. Okay. He, um, yeah, I mean, the, I was, I just had, they're so nervous. The families is, is crazy town. It will hurt to me inside. I know. Because you don't, you're not a family man. Um, let's see. 
Did we skip over Jordy? When is Jordy in? Beverly? You know, we did skip over Jordy. Let's talk about Jordy LaForge, who was named after a fan of Star Trek. Oh, that's nice. Uh, a handicapped fan of Star Trek that Gene decided to name this character after. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Jordy is blind from birth and has a visor, which gives him superpowers. <laughs> he can detect all kinds of anomaly he has multi-band uh, vision and he's in constant pain that was crazy and i really wasn't aware of that um the, so is he in constant pain the whole the whole time i mean he does visit sickbay many times for his visor acting up you know and getting headaches wow it's really just makes you think that he's going through a lot. That guy. Um, okay, we're at this point in the su- in the in the show. Mm-hmm. What is that? Have they gone down to the planet yet? Oh yes, they have. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, have they gone down and explored and with the yeah with what 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 time code are we at? Thir- we we are we have we have thirteen minutes left of the show. One hour seventeen minutes. One hour seventeen minutes. Okay, because this thing at one oh nine, I think I passed. Oh, what is it? One oh nine. Let me go. Let me visit I don't know if it's exactly 109, but it's Troy Losner crap. Troy Losner crap. When Riker's Whoa, in danger. Whoa, when Riker's in danger. Let's take a look. Down here, sir. This point becomes ordinary stone, sir. Matching what's above. My God. Was that a phaser blast? Negative. But something similar. You, Tasha, Jordy, will be up for the ship now. Come on. I want to see exactly what's happening. What is going on between those two? <laughs> that was such that's such again not great writing for a lady. Is it? Don't I need you! <laughs> so is she not supposed to have gotten any Starfleet training? <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> it's really weird. Um Oh, so uh, so then at one, go to one eleven ish. Okay, one eleven. Here we go. We are there. I don't know if this is just nerd nitpicking, no, but it's it's, it plays. They're forcing a very difficult decision on me, counselor. But I doubt protecting the bandy would violate the prime directive. True, they are not actual allies, but... We are in the midst of diplomatic discussions with them. It's after Lieutenant, lock phases on that vessel. Appears. Phasers locked on, Captain. Typical. So typical. Savage life forms never follow even their own rules. This was after the commercial Commercial break. Get off my bridge! Interesting that order about phasers. Standing by on phasers, Re- Captain. the plot. Please don't let me interfere. Use your weapons. With no idea of who is on that vessel, my order was a routine safety precaution. Really? No idea of what it represents? The meaning of that vessel is as plain, as plain as the noses on your ugly little primate faces. And if you were truly civilized, Captain, wouldn't you be doing something about the casualties happening down there? Captain to CMO. Are you reading any of this? Medical team's already preparing to beam down, Captain. Compliments on that, Doctor. Any questions? 
Starfleet people are trained to render aid and assistance whenever... But not when- trained in clear thinking. Okay, so my point is... Okay. He's omnipotent. Yes. So he takes a swipe at Picard. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't you be down there helping me? Oh, well, it just so happens that people are already doing that. But I'm omnipotent, so why doesn't I... Why don't I know that is my question. I think that uh, Q may be omnipotent, but he's not all-seeing. He's not omniscient. Yes. That's a weird... You're welcome. That's a weird little hole. <laughs> Plugged that plot hole for you. I don't think so. He welcome seems to know to it. Andy's theories, followed by Matt plugs a plot hole. Seems... It's not going to be... Those, neither of those segments are going to be that much fun. <laughs> and they're never coming back. <laughs> um... And then um, at one nine, oh, at one sixteen, Doppler mm-hmm. Zorn's been just been beamed away. Q's messing with him. He goes over to talk. Oh yeah, that was we already covered number that. one. Um, and then that was <laughs> Doppler Zorn's been beamed away. Q is messing with with uh, with Picard, and then it's the whole uh, conversation yeah. about Beverly. So that's sure. terrible. So then at one nineteen, oh. Um, is yeah. when, uh, and we may have already covered this before, Data saying, I seem to be commenting on everything. <laughs> I liked that. I liked that they address it. Most interesting, sir. Much the same construction we saw in the underground tunnel. But no sound of power. No equipment. How does a ship run? <sighs> really, Troy? Is it the same as you felt down there? No. This is much more powerful. Full of anger. Yeah. Hate. This is our moment. No. It's directed down toward the old Bandy City. Most intriguing again, sir. The place that this vessel was firing upon was not the Farpoint Starbase, but the home of those who constructed Sorry, sir. I seem to be commenting on everything. <laughs> so is this new to data? Good. <laughs> don't stop, my friend. That is the annoying part to me. <laughs> the don't stop, my friend? Yeah. I We're think gonna Riker's need that. just so like, hey, how you doing? What's up? <laughs> hey, I'm ah, buddy, how you doing? Like, he's that guy. I don't like it. Oh, really? So far, anyway. And I, you know, I, I accept, again, his character changes over time. But the uh, but the main thing that bothers me is like, okay, I agree with you. I like that they're clearly data has this narrative purpose for the audience of yeah. like restacking whatever, what's going on and explaining it to the audience and saying, well, we're doing this. Oh, it seems like this was the reaction. That's fine. I get it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to put your finger on it, which I agree with, shouldn't he have some explanation other than, good job, friend? Shouldn't it be like, you know what? Sometimes stating the obvious allows us to figure out the crisis or something. Oh, you'd like to put a bow on it. Uh, Something. Otherwise, it's just him going, you know what? We're going to need it. (laughs) Why? All right. So you're writing it better then. I guess guess my true calling is to be a network development executive giving notes on shows that have aired 25 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I've always felt that. Yeah. Well, I think if you dream your dreams, you can maybe make that happen. Uh, If only. If only, Matt Myra. So they get the guy from the station. The Mm -hmm. alien ship beams him aboard and is torturing him. Uh 
and that's where the satisfaction comes from. Um, yeah. And he says don't when they're about to shoot their phasers at the field. No, he's talking. I think he's talking to the creature, to the alien presence. Is he? Yeah, I don't think he's aware that they're even there. Don't they, doesn't he look at them and say don't when they're about to shoot their phasers and then they shoot their phasers and they save him? No. All right, I don't enough. think so. Right. I don't think they're looking. I think he's, maybe he's like, don't make that, sure you put that pillow there first. <laughs> it's the crook of my neck. It's really, I just need to make sure it's my ergonomic. Neck make sure it's ergonomic. Oh, it's making me sleep at a weird angle. <laughs> oh. Uh, so the, they realize it's a creature uh, and the guy tries to, like play it off as though he's done nothing wrong let's hear a little bit of his argument whatever i say by the way terrible makeup on doppler's orange <laughs> did make that bargain the agreement isn't bad sir it wasn't q that saved us save yourself it may attack you now it was that which sent us back captain yes sir it is not merely a vessel somehow it is alive she lies destroy it while you have a chance Make phasers and photon torpedoes ready. No, do nothing he demands. Captain, that thing was killing my people. Was there a reason? It is an unknown, Captain. Isn't that enough? If you'd earn that uniform you're wearing, you'd know that the unknown is what brings us out here. Wasted effort considering human intelligence. Let's test that. Beginning with the tunnels you have under Farpoint, Groppler. Identical to those on the space vessel life form over there. Why was it punishing you, Groppler? In return for some pain, you'd given another creature. We've done nothing wrong. It was injured. We helped it. I feel like I would be like, you know what? Let's not say Groppler twice within <laughs> three lines of each other. All right, Groppler? <laughs> I think that's true. Fair enough, Groppler. Yeah. That was the missing element. Groppler. Lieutenant Yar. Rig main phaser banks to deliver an energy beam. Aye, sir. You're right, Captain. It has to be conceivable that somewhere... In this galaxy, there could exist creatures able to convert energy into matter. And into specific patterns of matter, just as our transporters do. On the viewer, Captain. It's crowning. Oh, my gosh. So beautiful. Anyway, now that's two guys watching something on a podcast. I will say, yeah. Um, I will say, um, and I don't, I don't know this, so I don't know if someone out there can, because you, you seem to feel like this, what these were the original effects with no high def work over for Netflix. No, I wasn't sure what you were watching. This is the redo. This is the redo. This yeah. is the HD, because yeah. the effects really for the time seem amazing. So I don't know. I'd be curious to compare it to the original. Um, yeah, uh, I don't even know where you get a hold of those anymore. But it was models, at least for the Enterprise. Yeah, so yes. that's that the always Enterprise looks a little a bit nicer. Built by ILM, and the um, I don't. But you know, overall, pretty good effects. Although the, the makeup is where it shows it more. And I think in the scene when um, oh, we didn't talk about the uh, the tribunal. <laughs> we did not. What a crazy what a the tribunal of course is q putting humanity on trial uh with serving as judge jury and executioner and just such a such a weird scene of of 
like, you know, just <laughs> terrible, just classic bad a- extras acting of everybody <laughs> laughing when people fall down. It's the, like it's like Oliver in, in like one of the taverns. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's also like, what do you think of the crazy future army? The future army. Where they take drugs and... In such a ham, ham-handed way. But it's like such an 80s war on drugs thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like such a, well, drugs make you zombies and then do anything. And sure. What if we had an army that ran on drugs? <laughs> <laughs> Which they essentially do with the Jem Hadar later. Uh, oh, do they? Space Nine. Um, Wouldn't know. Yeah, also like these giant outfits that these police, these future police are wearing, you'd think they'd be bulletproof, but the guy just shoots the guy and he dies. Yeah. Didn't care for that. So long story short, the jellyfish creature on the surface was being held against his will and forced to create that space station. So Picard sends down an energy beam from the Enterprise. And that moment is... Uh, maybe it's you toward the end of the show. You got to got to start wrapping it up. But how does Picard know that that's the solution? He's just so instantaneously like, I got to send the energy beam down, and then the creature's all right, and he's suddenly jellyfishing his way or you her know, way. I think the problem was it was the sixth act of this, and they were and they, were like, and they couldn't retype it because they didn't have word processors. Well, <laughs> I think we just got to go with it, Gene. This is brilliant. <laughs> How many times was that the answer in the first the first season? We just got to go with this. <laughs> just, I don't know. Gene likes it. Just what are twenty? Him. How many episodes are there in the first season? Uh, twenty five times. That was the answer. Yeah. <laughs> twenty five. Jesus. Yeah. Matt and I are working on twenty four a season, and we know how painful that is. So and that is a half hour show. Yeah, it's a half hour. So you got to tip their, your hat to them. Go to one twenty five ish if you can. 125-ish Finkel. Here we go. It doesn't really... I don't know if this will play because it's mostly a visual of Troy and Riker's... But... Um, Captured its mate. That's it. <laughs> its mate. Oh, they look Attacking at each other. those that had paused. Captured its mate. And then there's that music and Troy and... And Riker in front of everyone again. Yes. Everything that they play out yeah. is so showboaty for everyone. Yeah. Energy being ready. He said, mate, that's like us. I see now it was too simple a puzzle. Generosity has always been my weakness. So it is another question. Whatever it can absorb. Oh, before you get to that, it is also a question of Q is being so obvious in his chef. Fire them. Fire on them. Uh, Now do this. Now do this other wrong thing. It's just like, you, are you trying to get them to figure it out? Are you not? Which I, I my we sense is know. something that people have questioned. Like, is he just trying to help them? Uh, oh, that's a great point. No, I haven't really heard that. But it, I, think I it, would it, enjoy it appears it that way throughout the series. It appears that way, particularly the last episode. Certainly from an omnipotent being to constantly fail at messing with them. That would be the only reasonable explanation. Uh, Energize. So then they touch, they touch tips, the alien creatures. I forgot that. (laughs) Touching tips. They're holding hands. Look at how big they are. Goodbye, Enterprise. Goodbye, thank you. We're going back to the jellyfish galaxy. Thank you, Enterprise. We'll see you later. Sir? It's wonderful. 
great. Thank you. It's wonderful. Um, oh, wait. Go to 12831. Because I think this is... 12831. This is the moment to me when not even the show yet. locks in. Okay, here we go. 12831. The show locks in. According to Andrew Secunda, non-fan. Non-fan. A feeling of great joy. So that's irritating, obviously. And gratitude. We get it, Troy. Great joy. Yeah, we heard you before. And gratitude. Well, we, you said it once. From both of them. Great joy. One more time. I just didn't... Also gratitude. We were floating in space. Why do you use other life forms for your recreation? If so, you've not provided the best. Leave us. We've passed your little test. That's pretty much it. Temper. That's it? To me, that's when Patrick Stewart locks into the character. Really? Do you use other life forms for you? And it's just really well acted and intelligent, but he's not being crabby. Like, that's Picard to me right there. Wow. That's right at the end of the episode. Interesting. Andrew. Yeah. We're done with Encounter at Farpoint, episode one of Star Trek, The uh, Next Generation. So... I think we should rate the episode. Oh, okay. On a scale of one to ten. All right. One to ten what? Well, you know. We're not going to make a thing. (laughs) We shouldn't make a thing. I feel like they do that on Gilmore Guys, and it's delightful. You know, Gilmore Guys ain't the beginning and the end of everything. Well, that's very true. Um, Let's give it on a scale of one to ten Andes. (laughs) And we're always going to give it one to ten Andes. Oh, no. How many Andes do you give Star Trek The Next Generation Encounter at Farpoint Part 1 and 2? Highly subjective thing of whether more Andes is better. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I hear yours first as the fan? Yeah. Uh, it's tough because you have to like put it in, in, the, in the... Well, that's true. I'm operating from not that much... Well, you have to put it in, like, it's responsible for Star Trek The Next Generation. It's the, they had a the lot of ground one. to cover. So, okay. So, they're going to get five Andes off the bat for being the introduction to Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh-huh. You give them, they have five Andes credit. Okay. So, I'm giving this episode a total of six Andes. I think that's a reasonable evaluation. And uh, also, we both know how hard it is to create a pilot mm-hmm. and all the things you have to do and characters you have to set up while you have to tell the story and, and pull in the audience. So it's a little bit tough because on the flip side of that, I am not a success story where this pilot is concerned. Like I watched a few episodes because I right, loved the original went series, away. but it didn't sell me. Mm-hmm. So I think I got to give it lower. I got to give it like four you're giving it four Andes. Yeah. I was giving it a baseline of five Andes just because it was the first. I'm well, accepting your reasoning. Oh I still give God. it less. Andy, you're such a stingy Andy giver. <laughs> if you want to get those 10 Andes, Matt, I can't, really. I can't wait to find out what gets 10 Andes. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> what a, what an adventure. What an adventure we're going to be on. <laughs> well, let's see what's out there. <laughs> 
that does it for the podcast. If you want to contact us, you can tweet at us. I'm at Matt Myra, M-A-T-T-M-I-R-A. And I'm at Secunda, S-E-C-U-N, as in Nancy, D as in dog, A. <laughs> That's what I do on every service call I've ever had. That's great. Uh, yeah, tweet at us. Tell us if you like the show. If you don't like the show, I'm sorry. If you do like the show, thanks. Um, I, I take responsibility for it if, it if they don't like it. Cool. Not my fault. Uh, guys, we'll see you next week with the Naked Now, I believe, right? The naked. It's not the Naked Time. Oh, it's the Naked Time. Is it? The Naked Now? Guys, what is the name of the second episode <laughs> of Star Trek? Thing for people to tweet at us. Oh, for the record, uh, just want to stay for the record. Uh, the first two seasons of Star Trek: The Next Generation, I don't watch very often at all. The last five seasons, I watch all the time. So that's that's my tip to you. It is. I'm in the wrong season. You are. Oh my episodes. god! I can't believe this. The Naked Now. Naked Now. You were correct, oh and I was wrong. God. Naked Time is a an original series. Episode. Right, but this Naked Now is essentially the Naked Time. Mm-hmm. As we'll discuss next